0: What's going on, everybody? It's Charles. Today we are traveling back in time to August of 2015, and I am answering your questions that you guys have sent in to Charles at humblemechanic.com. You put question for Charles in the subject line, because that's what I use to filter through those emails. You ask your question right up front. Hey Charles, what do you think about this? Hey Charles, do you have any advice on this particular topic? Boom, 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 like one sentence, maybe two. Then you give me some space, then you give me all the details of your question. That way, I know your question while I'm reading the details, and I don't have to dig through a paragraph (laughs) with no spaces and no punctuation to try and figure out what your actual question is. I know that sounds mean. Uh, It just helps me out a ton when I'm trying to get these questions answered for you. So what are we going to talk about four and a half years ago and also today? We're going to talk about a handful of things, including reminding the technician to do things the right way, which can be a very sensitive topic. So be careful how you approach that. Also... Funny enough, the thing specifically we're going to talk about in that question is the fuel rail recall. I think it was on a beetle, and that is the part that you may have seen going around with a screen grab of Jawas exchanging parts on that show, The Mandalorian. If you are a star wars fan uh, which i of course am uh it was pretty cool to see that i actually never saw that episode i've only seen like 10 minutes of mandalorian i just call myself a star wars fan and i've only seen like 10 minutes or so of the show uh but i am a baby yoda uh meme enthusiast of course we're gonna talk about what to check for after a car gets repaired clutch issues on a 1.8 turbo passat damage caused by installing a wrong bolt Oof. getting back in the auto industry no start on an o3 jetta and replacing transmission fluid and one real quick thing if you guys want to help support the show as well score some really rad discounts to places like black forest eastwood mt knives sonic tools Mechanic, canic grit mat and a whole bunch more check out the crew membership program exclusive stuff for me all those discounts i mentioned and a whole bunch more stuff i'll leave it at that for now let's travel back in time with the boodaloop, boodaloop, boodaloop sound effect and answer your questions First one comes from Ben regarding the fuel rail recall on his 2014 Beetle. What should I remind the tech for this recall to ensure everything to be smooth? Example, don't over tighten bolts, be careful with coolant, fuel lines, replace injector seals, don't break any sensors, etc. So that's a really good question Ben, and it can get a little sticky. On the one hand you want to make sure that the technician does everything perfect, but on the other side of that you don't want to roll in telling someone this is how you're going to do your job. The best advice I'd have in this situation is before they get started on your car, talk to the technician a little bit about what's going to happen. Maybe ask them to show you the work that's about to be done. Point out some of the things that they're going to do. Ask them questions like, Hey, do you need to drain the coolant when you do this? Or do you replace the injector seals as part of this service? You know, specifically talking about this fuel rail recall where the intake manifold comes off and the fuel rail gets replaced. Things like that, things that you mentioned right here. Instead of saying, I need you to do this the right way, Ask them questions about the repair. That way, you know they're going to be an informed technician. They know you're a customer that cares about their car and you're not strolling in there trying to tell a technician how to do their job. And you'll probably start to form a really good relationship with that technician. So next time you go back to that dealer for service, make sure you ask for them by name. And that's how you start to build a really good customer and technician relationship. So uh, awesome question. Ben actually asked a couple of questions. I'm gonna read his next question too. It's kind of along the same lines, but I think it applies slightly differently. Ben asks, could you give me some suggestions on inspecting my car once I get it back from the tech. What should I check in the engine before driving the car home? Will a visual check be helpful? So this is kind of like the before getting your car worked on just when you're picking it up. And you basically do the same thing then. Ask the technician to take you out to the car and show you what they replaced. Have them point out, here's the fuel rail, here's the intake manifold, this, you know, we took this off and we set it over here while we did the repair. And maybe even ask them to show you the old parts. This is gonna do a few things for you. One, you're gonna learn a bit more about your car two it's going to let the technician know that again you're a customer that really does care about your car and three it's going to help form that technician and customer relationship that is so 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 important so do those few things ben i think you're going to find that the technician's going to be happy to talk to you about what they did to your car it's refreshing to have a customer so interested in their car and it allows us as technicians to teach them about their car all while from a technician standpoint I'm building my customer base and from a customer standpoint, you know that you can take your keys in, hand them to the guy and get your car fixed and not have to worry about it. So awesome couple of questions, Ben, and I hope that recall goes smooth for you. Okay, next up comes from Anthony. He says, I have a 98 Passat with a 1.8 turbo. I just replaced the head gasket and the car seems to be running pretty good now, but I'm stuck. I actually can't move. The clutch pedal seems very spongy. When I release the clutch, it doesn't grab and I don't move anywhere. I would think you could put the car in gear even if the clutch or slave cylinder is worn out. I'm not sure, but I could totally be wrong. What do you think is the issue? I was referred to you by Eric, the car guy. Thanks, Anthony. So uh, Eric, thanks for sending Anthony my way. So I'm thinking about this job of replacing a head gasket and I'm trying to picture what could have happened to cause an issue. And I really don't know of anything that would. Maybe we had some kind of contaminant get on the slave cylinder. Maybe it's saturated in coolant and oil and has a leak. Um, You know, obviously, without seeing it, it's really hard to tell exactly what's going on. First thing you want to do is do visual inspections. Take a look at the master cylinder, which is near the clutch pedal, and take a look at the slave cylinder, which is obviously on the transmission. Make sure a bolt didn't fall in there and is maybe jamming something up. You know, make sure that there's not a bunch of oil and coolant saturating the entire backside of the engine. And start with there. Make sure your brake fluid level is correct. Volkswagens use brake fluid for the uh, the clutch fluid, so if the brake fluid's not right, then the clutch fluid's not going to be right. You may need to bleed the clutch. You know, there's not really going to be any reason why replacing the head gasket is going to make you need to bleed the clutch. But it's something that you want to take a look at too. So Anthony, start with the basics. Make sure you don't have any visible issues. Take a look at the condition of all your fluids and make sure they're correct. And make sure you know nothing weird happened. Nothing weird got damaged when you uh, when you had the cylinder head off to replace the head gasket. So awesome question, man. Keep me posted. Shoot me another email. And let me know if you found anything. And if you do, let me know what it was. You know, maybe attach a picture or something. And uh, I'd love to be able to report that out to everybody else on exactly what you found. All right, next up comes from Nikos. He's got a 2006 Golf. Looks like he had an oil pan put on, but they made a mistake and put the screw in the wrong place, and it came in contact with the flywheel. They figured it out when they started the engine and heard the squeaky noise. He moved the car a little bit in order to elevate it and to find out what happened. The head of the screw, as expected, was damaged. My question is, should I be worried if any damage occurred to the flywheel while it came in contact with the screw? Thanks, Nikos. Um, man. I I took this question you know obviously I don't I don't know exactly how bad it happened Um, part of some of the troubles with helping people diagnose things you know online or over the phone is that a lot of times you need to see what's going on or see how bad the damage is but this can happen to anybody we had a guy years and years and years ago replace a transmission, and he flipped two of the transmission bolts around and punched a hole in one of the coolant passages. You know, found out when he started the car up, car leaked coolant all over the place because the transmission bolt was too long. So this kind of thing can happen for sure, but the flywheel's a pretty heavy-duty part. Now, if it just nicked the flywheel a little bit or maybe grazed the backside towards the engine a little bit, you're not going to have any problems. That's going to really just be a cosmetic issue. Where you can run into an issue is if, let's say a bunch of teeth from the starter gear got damaged, but odds are you would know that by now because you may have a car that doesn't start. I would say if you've replaced the screw with the proper screw, you've driven the vehicle with no issues, you're probably okay, but that is something that we need to be aware of and remember that this happened, you know, however many miles ago. We need to make sure we're constantly keeping an eye on it, checking for oil leaks, and making sure we don't have any weird noises. But if there's no noises, the car drives fine, you don't have any oil leaks, I'd just keep rocking and rolling. Alright, next up comes from Stuart. I qualified as an automotive body technician panel beater here in the UK, served my apprenticeship at starting at 18, and served until the age of 25. I was forced to leave due to an illness. I turned 30 soon and feel very unfulfilled having to leave a job that I loved and would like to return to. My problem is that with my illness, gap in work history, and the fact that I sold most of my tools to pay bills, I feel like I don't have a re-entry point to the trade. What kind of options do I have? I have a broad set of skills from mechanical, electrical, trim right through heavy collision, repair, and even motorsports. Love to hear your opinion, Stuart. Man, um, I hate it for you. I'm sorry for the situation. You know, uh, a couple of the techs that I've worked with over the years have gone out due to medical reasons and it sucks you know you're you're 30 you're 35 you're 25 whatever you got to completely reboot your career you sold all your stuff so now you're you know you were you were up here and now you got to start basically as an apprentice again you still have all those same skills they may be a little bit rusty but with time you'll be able to get right back in the groove of things what i would consider doing is going to a place and telling them exactly what you told me and maybe you can get in somewhere with the understanding that look I'm kind of rebooting my career. It's gonna take me some time to get my own tools. Perhaps they can put you with someone else and maybe you guys can work together. You know, we've done it in the shop where I've worked with someone that didn't have all the tools and basically we worked together. They used my stuff, but I got a portion of their hours to make it worth my time. And then they obviously were making money so that they can buy their own tools. There's also other things that you can do. One thing that really stood out to me is maybe working for an insurance company um, in their collision department or doing claims adjusting or things like that, you know, you have the set of skills so you know what to look for when it comes to dealing with auto body stuff, whether it's repair. Or the pre-repair stuff writing estimates and things like that that may be a good way to get back into the industry working as a you know like a body shop advisor may be a really good way to get your foot in the door get some employment under your belt and then transition back into the shop try and think of a way to get in the industry that you don't need to have ten thousand dollars worth of tools you know a big old toolbox or anything like that but you can still make an impact you can still get that work history you can get reacclimated to what things look like in 2015 versus, you know, four or five years ago when when you left the industry. So I would look to try and find a place where I didn't have to have all the tools, but could still get back in the game. So awesome question, Stuart, man. Good luck to you. I hope it all works out for you. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm wishing you the best, man. Okay, next up comes from Robert. Problem with my 2003 Jetta 1.8 Turbo. Installed a new battery in the car. While driving back home, the car died out. I tried to restart the car will not crank motor only sound hearing is the starter spinning OBD 2 test found code P2181 replace coolant temp sensor code cleared Replace cam sensor still just spinning the starter next test would be relay 175 or relay 100 um man uh, usually when you have this kind of issue um, it's not an electrical problem if you're cranking the car and it sounds fast so, let's say, normally, a car starting sounds like row, 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 and that's normal. If you're cranking it with the key, and it's going row, 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 um, you, got, you got a bad time. My guess, my guess, is going to be that the timing belt broke. Or something in the timing belt circuit is the problem. There's a really easy way to check this on the 1.8 Turbo Jettas. Take the timing cover off, have someone sit in the car, and crank the engine, and watch and make sure that the timing belt is turning. Also, take a really good look at the timing belt and make sure it's not missing any teeth. If you find that the timing belt's missing teeth, or when it's being cranked, the gear at the top's not turning, the cam gear, you got a problem. Now you may have the timing belt circuit functioning properly, but you may have an issue on the back side of the engine with the timing chain. You can take the oil cap off, shine a flashlight down in there, have someone crank it, and see if both cams are turning. If that's all the case and everything's fine, you could be dealing with an other issue, man. But if the car just died while you were driving, my guess is that something in the timing belt circuit broke. And unfortunately, that's generally catastrophic engine failure, especially on that 1.8 turbo engine. That whole job can be pretty expensive. So I hope I'm wrong. I hope that's not the case. But uh, based on what you described, that's probably what's going on. seen a lot of 1.8 turbo timing belts break. And uh, you know, the sound difference again between a normal cranking car that won't start and a car that doesn't have compression because that's really what's going on you don't have compression is very distinct, it's very noticeable. The second you hit the key, you can tell because it's cranking so fast. So good luck, Robert, man. I hope that's not what the problem is. Shoot me an email, update me, let me know what happened. All right, I got time for one more. This one is from Brendan. He says, I own a 2010 GTI, just hit 68K. I was thinking about changing the transmission fluid. I bought the car used with 29K, but saw that Volkswagen claims their transmission fluid on the six-speed manual is lifetime fluid and does not need changing. Is this true? I would think that changing it every 65k would be on the high side of the spectrum, but that's just me. Is it worth the 80 to 90 bucks to get parts from, <laughs> from shopdap.com, of course. Uh, Brendan, nice, nice plug for one of the sponsors, man. Um, and do it now, or should I wait? You are correct. Volkswagen does not specify a fluid replacement interval on any, really, of their manual transmissions. I think 65,000 is just fine. You know, the fluid probably will hold up a lot longer than that. But it's it's one of those things, you know, do you spend 90 bucks as preventative maintenance and not worry about it? Or do you never do anything with it and just keep on rolling with life? You know, if you don't have any issues, eh, Maybe wait, maybe do it at 100, maybe do it at 80. If you're starting to get some issues, especially when it's cold, um, definitely replace it. I've always been a little uncomfortable with lifetime fluids. Um, You know, fluids break down over time, it it traps contaminants, which is what it's supposed to do. And I, I feel like eventually, at some point, all that needs to be exchanged. Technically, Volkswagen says it's lifetime fluid, so, you know, you have to put that into the equation as well. You know, if you think about it, they're right. It's lifetime fluid. It's fluid for the lifetime of the transmission. So if the transmission, you know, explodes at 100,000 miles because of the fluid, then the fluid lasted for the lifetime of the transmission. You know, Brendan, man, I would do it. It's under hundred bucks. It's not a terribly hard DIY. The one thing I will say, um, some of these six speeds, you actually need a special socket to get the drain plug out. Off the top of my head, I think it's like a tamper-proof triple square or something like that. I remember doing one on an R32 that I had to buy a whole kit to uh, do the diff and the transmission service on it. So um, keep that in mind. That socket may not be cheap. I'm sure ShopDAP's got that available. You know, if not, it's probably something you can get on Amazon. Double check that before you get into doing the service. I'd hate for you to get all the stuff and then not be able to do it because you don't have the tools. So, awesome question, man. Good luck to you, and uh, yeah, you know what? Change the fluid. All right, so I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You know, it's so funny, I go back and I either download them right off of YouTube or I extract them from like the depths of my backup hard drive, and the show has changed so much. So much is different from today than it was way back then. Studio's different. I'm wearing an Engineering Explained shirt in this video. Old laptop with a bunch of beer stickers on it. Just, it's so crazy to go back, you know, four and a half years or so and see what the show was like then versus now. It's pretty darn cool. Remember, if you guys want to get questions answered like this show, email me, Charles at humblemechanic.com. Question for Charles on the subject, all that stuff I said at the front. I do think I am going to lean more towards doing the QA shows and audio only for a little while anyway, and we're going to test that out. Also, If you have any ideas for show topics that work good in audio, maybe in video, let me know. Either email me or uh, go swing over to the blog. This is going to be Audio Podcast episode 83. You can drop a comment right there. With that, I'm out. Guys, have an awesome day, awesome weekend. It's Friday as you're listening to this, if you're listening to it when it comes out. As a matter of fact, I will be in the mountains of North Carolina, or probably Georgia at this point. And Paul from Shop Dap and I are scouting for some pretty cool rally stuff that we're going to try and do as in like a group cruise with Wookiees in the Woods and Alpine Vagfare. Fair. So stay tuned for that stuff. Should be pretty awesome. I'm really excited. There's four of us going. It's going to be a very brainstormy type uh, type drive out there. So it should be a lot of fun. So again, with that, I am out. Have an awesome day and I'll talk to you again next time.